0: Well, hey there, and welcome to The Bench. This is a podcast dedicated to covering content, topics, and your questions about the current sermon series that we're in. My name is Jessica Murray. I am your host. I am the communications coordinator right here at Mercy Church, and I am joined today by Pastor Spence. What's up? Pastor Spence, why don't you tell the people a little more about what The Bench is? I know they're, they're dying to know after my intro. Just <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah,
1: what's going on with this? All right. Um, here's the idea. I got, actually got this from the guy who trained me in preaching. He had a whole bunch of extra stuff, didn't make it into his manuscript. He used to call it the bullpen. And, you know, I grew up playing a bunch of different sports. And there was always some time where you're on the bench and every player has a role to play. And sometimes you come off the bench and sometimes you don't. And when I look at a sermon, usually, and every preacher I think is like this, or most preachers are, there's a whole lot more that you study and learn than what gets into a sermon, because the sermon usually ends up being focused on one primary idea that you sense the Lord um, teaching and leading you to teach from that passage. But there's a lot of other stuff that you study, and it kind of stays on the bench, but it's great content and very useful, I think, in helping to understand the passage. And most preachers are like, oh, if only I had time to tell you more. I mean, can't tell you how many times I've felt that way, and so I just add this stuff in to it's in the back of my manuscript, and it's just called The Bench. And next time I teach this same passage, whatever it is, I'll probably go back there and see, you know what, there was some good research. I just didn't have time to to pull in. So our hope in this podcast is as we go through a sermon or a series of sermons as a church, we get the chance to kind of come back through and say, all right, is there anything that would have added another layer of meaning that maybe we didn't see or just a different angle and understanding or maybe we do some just follow-up, you know, questions and ideas that came up that need further clarifying. We want it to be a, um, a resource for our church, and that's our hope.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. We let's did it. just start the Song of Solomon Yes. this past Sunday. That's right. So we are in this series. I know there's been a lot of anticipation around this series and maybe some hesitation <laughs> around this series. For sure. So a lot of your sermon, I mean, you told us yesterday, you gave us basically an overview into what we should expect over the next couple of weeks as we're studying this. But as people are either joining Mercy for the first time or maybe they're discovering that we're doing this series, what would be your invitation or your encouragement to them by way of joining us for Song of Solomon? Yeah,
1: so this if you're just joining in with Mercy and you're coming into the Song of Solomon series, what I I mean that's just kind of a I guess the Lord had something for you in that, <laughs> I guess let's so let's not knock the Lord's timing on this. Um, but I, I will say that you know every few years, I do want us to teach on, uh, as we're teaching through Scripture, to look at All of our relationships. Um, That should be an it's an ongoing thing of scripture, and we should look at it. But this one in particular, my hope, uh, what I said in our opening kind of did an introduction to the book series. So whenever you're reading this or listening to this, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that first sermon, the one that uh, this podcast is following up to. Yeah, because it really does hit on what's the whole goal of this, and that's just for. For us to understand, God is love. God made love, and God gives love. Mm-hmm. Like He is the author and source of love. So I want to pursue His way of love in my life. Uh, that is a, that's really my main goal here. And then if we get that right, and we understand the love of God for us, then I think it will change. It will strengthen. It will empower. Uh, relationships. So so marriages throughout our church, I think it'll bring fresh, um, reignite fresh passion, but not out of their own strength because that's going to be short-lived, but it might be some conviction, some guilt or whatever. So I'll try and do a little bit better for a little bit, but instead a deepened love of God will supply strength that will last and bear fruit that will last in marriages, Uh, but not just in marriages for all of us. My hope is a renewed, um, love for and a deepened love for the love of God for us, regardless yeah. of our marital status. That was a big thing in that opening sermon. It's just marital status is not, uh, does not dictate how much of God yeah. and how much of the love of God you can know. And so that's our kind of big aim in this thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. I think just to give people more of a context of Song of Solomon, yeah. we you hit on a lot of these things on Sunday, but we know that this is love poetry. We know that this is wisdom literature. Mm -hmm. We know that song of songs is likened to saying king of kings or lord of lords. So this is the the song of all songs. Like it is the greatest song. Um, What are other, just as we're examining this from a literary perspective, what are other pieces maybe? We need to be aware of as far as authorship who are the yeah, speakers yeah, yeah. who are the characters
1: well i think it's a great um a great analogy for you to make there of king of kings lord of lords like just to say hey this is the song of songs this is solomon's best work um and actually it's the not only just his best work this is the one true divinely inspired work mm-hmm. so completely separate yeah than all the others that of course aren't scripture uh, I want us to understand who is writing, who is speaking and everything. Um, I think the analogy I used in this weekend's sermon, that I think is, was particularly helpful is that, you know, Solomon, I believe, and actually there's a bunch of different takes on this, but all the research, I, I not only the research I did, but just as I'm kind of reading through this, recognizing that Solomon, one of the things I couldn't square was that Solomon had 700 wives. Yeah. <laughs> so how is he like the authority on monogamous right. marriage, um, when that just wasn't him and, and on monogamous love and stuff. So, the, you know, how, how do I square this? Um, cause I, I believe the Bible is, uh, you know, not only inspired, but it's without error. And so I know there's an answer just got to dig. And the more I dug, the more it became clear to me, I think, and that's through a bunch of different, um, Commentary work, stuff like that. That Solomon is writing this um, as a any artist would, uh, any songwriter would, writing a song that it's not him. He's not one of the two characters, the man or the woman in the song, mm-hmm. but he's writing about love mm-hmm. and love that he has experienced in his past, and more importantly, what love should be like. Yeah. So. The metaphor would be, you know, he's not Romeo in the Romeo and Juliet story. He's Shakespeare. Right. And he's crafting this story inspired by the Holy Spirit. He's crafting this story to teach us what love is meant to be like. Um, And that's the, I think it's a big difference there. And it's important because then we can go, okay. Yes, of course, Solomon's own story, God is going to bring that to bear just as all authors, their own stories. You look at Paul and Timothy, you look at the gospels, everything else, their own stories do bear weight in how they write. Mm-hmm. But uh, what we're looking at here is not Solomon saying, Hey, here's, this is me and wife, uh, number 264. This was our relationship. No, Yeah. Um, he might be looking some say all the way back to his first wife, but I don't think that's the way to look at it. I think it's just to say, he is crafting this story, um, this poetry, this poetic song to teach us about human love and what it should be and can be. And then, of course, the backdrop behind it yeah. is the love of God for us. Um, yeah. But we don't just write off human love that we see here because there's a backstory or a backdrop of divine love.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know one question that I've actually gotten a few times already leading up to the series. Some friends have asked, why now? Like, why are mm. we studying Song of Solomon now? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's been their question. I don't know if they meant at this point in the year, <laughs> at this point in the life of our church. Yeah. I'm not really sure, but maybe speaking into just how you plan the the sermon series that yeah. we are going to go through and why this one fell when it did.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, so the, the why is both a, you know, you spend I spend time in prayer for our church, as do all of our elders and leaders spend time in prayer for our church. But this one's kind of set out there to me. I heard it preached and I even shared some of my own story of encountering it when I was in college um, and being just blown away by it. But I don't know. I've just seen so much. Part of this is anecdotal. Part of this is is watching the landscape of our city um, over the past four to five years. Um, Over the past four to five years in Charlotte, we have seen so much charged, highly charged conversation around gender identity. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, you know, the Obergefell decision was 2015, the year that we planted Mercy Church, which legalized same-sex marriage across the country. Mm -hmm. That's only six years ago. Yet it feels like a lifetime. Yeah. And the conversations around gender identity, around, um, the transgender language and around sexual preference and everything else has moved from even just like pop culture, Hollywood screen, not maybe if you're outside of a New York or LA, you don't interact with that much moved into the everyday, um, reality of all of us. Yeah, uh, and we, we're just much more in that space. And I have seen a lot of confusion and a lot of Christians caught off guard by how do I respond in a way that is loving? Because right. I believe God is love and he yeah. gives love. So it is loving. And also, um, it's a God has a beautiful and better design and offering to our world than anything that pop culture has to offer me. Mm-hmm. And I just think we need that right yeah. now. We need a not it's, it's even, I could say a Christian sexual ethic, but mm-hmm. that's almost a little too academic and uh, clinical. Mm-hmm. It is true. We do, we do need that, but we need a vision of love yeah. that is inspiring, compelling, and better. Yeah. Um. That also, I look at our church. I look at the, the life stages and ages of our church. And I go, man, we've been here for six years and we haven't We've done one sermon series where we talked on relationships uh, specifically over six years. Mm -hmm. It's time for another one. And you know what? It will be again like it needs to be in the regular diet Mm -hmm. of our church. And so this will be our first time in Song of Solomon. Won't Um, be our last. It won't be our last though. (laughs) That's right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, speaking to the age demographic and kind of life stages of our church, I want to try something. I want to ask you, I'll give you a, a specific age demographic or life stage. And I would love for a one sentence. Hey, this is what (laughs) this person, I hope you get out of the series. Okay. So what to be a good challenge? Yes. What is your, to the single individual who is out there living life, all their friends are getting married. I'm not speaking from experience. (laughs) I am speaking from experience. What is your, like, if you take away nothing else, I want you to take away this.
1: I hope that love will be seen Maybe just like the uh, like the woman hopes that the daughters of Jerusalem mm-hmm. see love yeah. as mm-hmm. desirable, beautiful, and good, mm-hmm. but not necessary human love, mm-hmm. not a necessary um, goal of your faith. Mm-hmm. So you don't, because sometimes let me say this uh, again. Sometimes the church can make it out like marriage. And family is the goal of your faith and the goal of the church. Um, if that if so, and y'all, where we've done that at Mercy, I'll keep saying it. I am sorry for that. Sometimes it's unspoken. It's just like it's almost like a, a tone, or it's the atmosphere that's created. It's very common in churches. Uh, in I don't know, it's just very common in churches, and so. Where we've done that. I'm sorry, because my goal is for you to see more of God and see him rightly and uh, to have joy and abiding in his love and then to walk according to his word and, and to find joy there and bring glory to him. Yeah, um,
0: that was definitely more than one sentence. <laughs> but- Such a preacher. You're right. No, but that was um, really great. Yeah, that was great. Um, joyful
1: intimacy with God, your heavenly father, who is the bride and Jesus, the bridegroom of the church.
0: Yes. I wish you guys could see pastor Spence's face. His eyes are closed. He's I'm concentrating like, so to, hard. Yeah, <laughs> I am like
1: one sentence. That is amazing. How dare you?
0: Yes. Um, <laughs> so how about for the married couple or married person as well? I do feel like that's the next category.
1: Yeah. A deepened awareness of how much your marital intimacy depends on your intimacy with Christ, period.
0: I was going to say, wow, that was so good. One (laughs) sentence. He did it. Round of applause. Okay, great. That was, and that even, I felt that. Wow. That was good. Um, You gave me a trial run. I I fumbled (laughs) through the first
1: one, second one. Yes. What's your third Um, one? It's going to be what, like middle school students?
0: No, but we do have fun stories about that that we'll get to in later (laughs) weeks. So definitely stay tuned for those. Um, No, third group, actually you mentioned this in your sermon, but what about those who are experiencing pain and like the idea of this series feels like it could bring up really painful memories or past trauma?
1: There are, I'm going to say a couple of things as a, a preface to what you're saying, which is there are definitely people in our church who have experienced, whether it's like everything from rape to uh, serious trauma inflicted yeah. on them, abuse, things like this, either yeah. as adults or even as children. Um, that's real. I yeah. mean, that is what makes me, oh, that that brings me to, to prayer more than anything else in this series okay. is, um, speaking well and faithfully speaking the scriptures faithfully. Um, and there are those who are in serious, like, they're in porn addictions or other sexual addictions, or they've caused a lot of damage through their sin um, that they cause damage to others. My, if I had like a, a prayer, like a one sentence hope over this series, it's that the redeeming love of God mm-hmm. is still available and can f- bring full healing. Yeah. Right. So it's still available. Mm-hmm. They've not missed it. And it can bring full healing. Yeah. I, that's, that's a very weighted statement though, because it. Right. Um, that's my one sentence. And then my uh, follow-up yeah. is just like.
0: The rest of the series. The, yeah. The rest of the <laughs> yes. series. Yeah, it takes
1: time. And I even, I had a very, um, to this point, I had a, a conversation with someone who came up to me. They're a, um, a survivor of abuse from their mm-hmm. childhood. Never told anybody, mm-hmm. came up yesterday and told me um, and had a bunch of questions and I was like, okay, there's a few steps that are going to take, but I yeah. want you to know while we're going to be here with you, that's a commitment of our church. It's also going to take some time. Yeah. And I, I wish that there was like a, Hey, this will be better instantly because what happened to you in a moment is going to take a long time to right. recover from right? and to find healing in, but God does offer that.
0: Yeah. I'm actually really glad you just brought that up because this is as with all sermon series that we walk through, this is a journey. Of learning yep. what God's word has for us, so it's not we're not going to walk away from the Song of Solomon series and go, "Yep, I know everything about that Bible and <laughs> or about that uh, book in the Bible and what God has for me." That's right. No matter who you are, through that. And so on this journey, I think even these podcasts, these mini bench sessions, yep, they're like little guideposts along the way. This is us checking in, making yep. sure that people are having their questions answered and yeah, able to dialogue with us. So as you guys are listening to the sermons, as you're joining us on Sundays, as you're listening to these episodes of the bench, we really do want to provide a way for you to ask questions That's right. about things that come up throughout this series. And so if you do have questions, you can actually send those to info at mercy or you can DM us on Instagram. You can tweet at us. I think definitely the two I would recommend would be DM us on Instagram and also emailing info at mercy And yeah, we would love to know what questions you guys have as we're going through this series. And we can even address those in, right. in this space here. So before we get out of here, we have a weekend coming up in the middle of this series, October 22nd, 23rd. We're calling it Redeeming Sex Weekend. It's an equip yep. conference kind of through our Mercy equip. Pastor Smith, could you just speak more into what our hope is for that event and why we're having it?
1: Yeah, so the way Mercy Church hopes to um, kind of guide the spiritual formation of our members, uh, we it's like a three-legged stool. There's the weekend worship gathering, so the sacraments are practiced and the word is preached. Um, we sing together. as a big deal. There's community group where we care for one another, seek to apply the word, um, where we can say, okay, I heard this preached or I'm studying this in my Bible and the Lord has convicted me, but now how do I... Apply it and who's holding me accountable out of that. That's Hebrews 3. That's Hebrews 10. We're doing that together. That's Acts 2. And then there's what we call our equip ministry, and that's the teaching and instruction that's a little more classroom setting, that you can't do a lot of that in the sermons. Um, that's around different uh, topics. Uh, it's around just teaching theology to our people so that they can walk um, well and informed in their faith and confident in their faith in uh, the public square. All right. So this Redeeming Sex Weekend is a part of our equip ministry intended to be a complement to this series that we're going through where it's going to be instructional. So this is going to be uh, hopefully worshipful and instructional. And we've got uh, several um, different speak outside speakers that we're bringing in. I'll be doing a session myself, but we're going to be covering some topics, things like uh, what does God have to say about same-sex attraction and how do you walk as a Christian faithfully through that and help your brothers and sisters walk faithfully through that and to give hope and speak hope into that. Uh, Same thing, speaking hope into when we talk about redeeming sex, like redeeming purity culture. Um, I alluded to that in the first sermon. We're going to talk a lot more about that. I will have a whole morning dedicated to uh, specifically like a, a time for our women to be taught on sexuality and Christian womanhood and how to think well about that, um, that I'm excited about. Dr. Dagler who's going to come and teach that. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a powerful weekend. It's one that, here's my thing I would say. It's one that if you're struggling, you might want to, your first instinct might be to hide from. Mm -hmm. And I hope that you will. um, This is probably for the members of Mercy Church, uh, but it is open for anyone. I hope, But when I say it's for the members, I hope you'll trust your church and come and come into, I'm going to say into the light a little bit, because Mm -hmm. that's where the power of sin is broken. Isolation usually breeds darkness and where there's community, there's usually the light of God that shines in on that and brings healing. And so I hope you'll come to that because I think it's going to be a place where you can deal over the weekend with some of that, um, some of that stuff. So it's a a big weekend for our church. Um, And I'm, I am looking forward to it uh, it's in, in a different way because right. it's the re- redemption and the, it's a weighty yeah. weekend. So it's I look forward to it with a lot of prayer.
0: Yeah. Part of that journey that we yeah. were talking about for That's sure. Right. Yeah. Well, if you want more information on that event, you can find that out at mercycharlotte.com. It's on our homepage. You can also see what other news and events are happening right now at dot slash news. And then for more of these, um, you've heard us say mercy equip for more things through that. You can go to the dot slash equip page and that's That's really where we want to equip our people to learn um so it's a lot of classes and Mm -hmm. bible studies going on but you can find out more information about that weekend there so that is all that we have for you guys this week on the bench thanks guys see you you next week go ahead and send us your questions that's right we'll get to those all right see ya